Dead characters do not yield spin-offs. On a scale of one to five sexist surgery machines. If you understand any of that, you're a dork. This is Serious Business. Greetings, the hell with it, we're doing it live, and this is Serious Business. I am Jeff, your host for this week's improvised episode. Woo! Yeah, Woo! Apo- we apologize. We- Fuck it, we'll do it live! We'll do it live! You guys ever, you guys ever see the newsroom? Hell yeah. It's a yeah. No. No. Yep. No. No. <laughs> There's a, a moment in the newsroom where they decide that they are going to fuck it and do it live, and there's this big, incredibly rousing speech, and it happens basically because of a power outage. So they're like, "We're we're gonna go outside. We're gonna tap into the city power directly. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna pull together and do everything as a team like we used to." And then the power comes back on, and she's just like, "Fucking hell." Um, but anyway, that's uh, that's this episode in a nutshell. Uh, so joining me, we've got John. John, how's it going? Good, Jeff. Um, uh, I, I suppose I've got a little bit of a case of the Mondays, but uh, I'm hanging in. I'm glad that you are hanging in there. So this past weekend, you, myself, Marcus, and several others got to shoot each other with paintball guns. Much to yes. our yeah, seriously. Mm-hmm, much to our own enjoyment. And John, uh, I want to ask, what was your crowning achievement? in paintball what was your your great moment well there was a point maybe a little bit past midway through our three-hour session where some of our party you know had wanted to take a rest and there were a few a few rounds where we went with sort of limited teams Mm -hmm. uh three on four four on four and there was one match that we did that was a four on four and i think i took out three out of the four people and that was far and away my, my best performance of the entire day, and possibly of my entire paintball career. Mm-hmm. And it. I forget, I, I don't remember who was in that, who I took out because we had played so many, so many games. I don't remember exactly who it was. They were uh, just faceless victims. Yeah, yeah. I think, but I, I don't remember, but I know, I, I'm pretty sure I counted three, and it was very very rewarding yes it's very satisfying when you see a target and they do not see you yeah you have that opportunity and you're like you're like oh man and then and there you... was there were several times where we would get out and then somebody would go oh man john you got me and i'll be like i i did <laughs> because like it's you know if, if you've ever played paintball it's just most of the time unless you really know what you're doing it's complete chaos and you're you're concentrating on not getting hit, so I mean it, it's tough to totally see when you hit somebody, mm-hmm. and and who hits you and things like that. When you have visual confirmation, it's quite thrilling. Mm-hmm. Yes, when you are just firing at anything that moves, you're you're not necessarily sure if you're hitting them, but you you do know that you might. Uh, <laughs> so, John, what if anything are you drinking this fine evening? I'm drinking a Jesse James whiskey with ginger ale. Oh, nice. Whiskey on the uh, the lower end, I believe. There was a fifteen dollar bottle, so that I said this this is for me. I feel like the ginger ale can elevate anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it it does. It's the, it does <laughs> the job. Ale brings class to the fifteen dollar whiskey. Right. Yeah. You could be drinking the cheapest tequila in the world, but if you say it's you know such and such tequila with ginger ale, people will be yeah. like, ooh. I like ginger ale. It sounds good. Cool. Well, moving on, we ginger got Marcus. Oh, ginger go ale just seems like stuff you only drink on plane flights. Like, ginger ale goes into liquor, and if you're that's on a true. plane, and that's the only time you drink ginger ale. Pretty much. 
I know people who drink it when they have like a stomach ache too. Just as kind of a remedy for it. Got maybe, it, Jeff. Maybe it works. And I just be right. All uh, right, fine. You're right. <laughs> You're totally right. So moving on, we do have Marcus. Marcus, how's it going? I'm doing well. How you doing, Jeff? Uh, I'm doing all right. I, I think like John, I have a slight case of the Mondays, but it's not too bad. But I'm glad to hear that you're doing well, Marcus. So what was your crowning achievement in paintball this past weekend? My crowning achievement was there was this one time where I was moving down a flank and I only had one person in my way who was Steve and I shot him right in the face. <laughs> and because of this, I got completely around and I was able to take out the other two people who had no idea I was even there. Mm-hmm. It's always nice when you hit someone in paintball who had no clue that you were even there. Like, they didn't even know there was a possibility to get hit from there. Because mm-hmm. they're always like, poof, and they like almost fall over because they're not expecting to get hit from that angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and you can't call yourself out fast enough when that happens. Yeah, you get like, oh, God, <laughs> yeah. don't stop shooting. Yes. The side <laughs> of my head was just hit. But yes, the, the full flank is very satisfying. I'm glad that you got that opportunity. And I am really glad that you shot Steve in the face. Yeah, <laughs> be real. Because Steve shot me in the face several times. I uh, think everybody got hit in the face at least once. I know. I think <laughs> I, I got a, I got one right in the the goggle lens. It happens to the best of us. It does indeed. But it was a good time yeah. overall. So yeah, pay, paintball is very humiliating because you like yeah by that or humbling I should say, <laughs> or both. But like you know, no matter how cool you think you are, you're you're gonna get out. You're you're there. No one's like really good at it. Everyone's just kind of bad. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a really good way of looking at it. And uh, we were playing speedball, like indoor speedball, because it's winter. So a uh, very small course with lots of little bunkers. And it's absolutely the case that the game moves really fast and that you will get out no matter how, how good you think you are. Because everyone's using the same equipment, which is also very beneficial, I feel like. We don't have a situation where someone is sitting in the back with their autococker firing 3,000 <laughs> rounds a minute. They're yeah. all going at like, you know, 600 PSI or something. No, it's, it's, it's a ton of fun and I'm glad we did it. So, Marcus, uh, what, if anything, are you drinking this fine evening? I am drinking a Bud Light. Ooh, classy. <laughs> With ginger ale? No, no ginger ale. No ginger ale. Oh, man. Now but, it's uh, just a Bud Light, Marcus. Yeah, it's, a, it's just a Bud Light, but uh, I, I couldn't step it up to Strawberita. I couldn't do it. It was too far away from me. Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. We, you didn't introduce us to the Strawberita this weekend. No, I didn't because uh, we were so wiped after paintball. I don't think any of us were going anywhere before that party. That's true. Well, we did end up somehow going out to get... Uh, inexpensive beer, but uh, there will be other opportunities for the, the strawberryita, I'm sure. Well, my crowning achievement in paintball was it might have actually been the first game. The first game, <laughs> and, and, and I had fun the entire time I'm there, so even though I, I feel like my best game may have been the first game, I, I you know, it wasn't like I was disappointed in myself for the rest of it, or it felt too bad, but the first game I managed to play very pragmatically it was just bunker move from one bunker to the next to the next to the next and i think i got i think it was five on six and i was on the team with five i believe i got at least four of the six out so it was very satisfying it was like get one person move up get another person move up get the last two people and then uh you know that's how i like to play i'm not i'm not crazy and rambunctious but i'm also not super conservative so i did enjoy 
playing the paintballs a lot. I'm really glad you guys can make it up for that. So let's kick off our improv episode with, I don't know, let's talk about community. <laughs> Which, that's a good that's a good transition paintball to community that is a good transition you know, i didn't even think about that that's a really yeah. good transition john have you been watching this season yes michelle and i actually just caught up the other day and watched like the last three all in a row we are up to date mm-hmm. have you been liking it uh yes i didn't like the most the latest episode the episode six but i re- very much liked the um geothermal escapism the floor is hot lava i I felt that that was that was classic community yeah i agree with you i think i was worried when they started it i mean i knew it was going to be troy's last episode i was very concerned that uh that it was gonna just be too much of a rehash of their other genre episodes but they did the mad max thing really well yes chair walkers Uh, (laughs) (laughs) that that was so good. That was a great episode. Yeah. All of my fear vanished the moment I realized that that's what they were doing. It was sad to see Troy go. And I did like that in the first episode of the season, they made the joke with Troy saying like, what kind of a jerk would leave a show five episodes into a season? Uh, <laughs> it it, it, it is sad to see him go, though. Did either of you guys know, I mean, know why he's leaving? Uh, so what happened was uh, Donald Glover is also a rapper that goes by Childish Cambina. He originally was used to just like release mixtapes over the internet of him rapping over indie songs, mm-hmm. and eventually he released his own album. and uh, And he did pretty successful. Like he played Coachella and stuff like that. So he played like all these big things. And so now he kind of wants to do that. Like you know, he does stand up as well. Uh, I think he's by far best as an actor. I don't think he's like I think he's okay as a rapper and even worse as a stand up comedian. But yeah, that's that's where he's going. So if you've noticed that the name of the boat that he rides off into the into you know oblivion is called the Childish Tycoon, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. a dig at the fact that his rapper name is Childish Gambino. Uh, uh, yes. See, I knew he was a stand-up comedian, and I thought like the the couple, like I watched a couple clips on YouTube, and I thought that he was pretty decent as a stand-up, but I had no idea he was a rapper too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got a couple music videos that aren't aren't too bad. But yeah, I mean, like Marcus said, my even my response to that was like, well, they aren't too bad. He probably is best as an actor, and it does seem like Dan Harmon might have been a little bit better. Uh, just just a little, considering he kept writing in all these jabs at him. Yeah, <laughs> sucks. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I'm concerned. I Troy and Abed are my favorite part of that show so i'm really curious how they're going to handle odd bed without i mean i'm sure it's possible i'm sure they'll figure something out but um i don't know i'm a little i was a little bummed about that yeah well they did immediately have him start dating a girl or kind of start dating like i don't know he watched a movie with that girl who was from an earlier season i think so we'll see maybe they'll maybe they'll play that angle they also had to replace chevy chase obviously so what do you think of the uh the old faculty guy. I don't even remember his name. Old faculty guy. I don't know. I, I, I don't quite know what to make of him yet. I mean, I guess it would be an improvement over Chevy Chase, because the Chevy Chase character I always thought was really awkward. You know, like, they had a hard time fitting him in and really, like, finding out what type of character he was. So I don't miss Piers. I, I never... You know, like I'm fine with that departure, mm-hmm. but I, I think the other the other guy just needs some little bit of time for them to feel out what 
his character is. Yeah, the corkboard episode, I think, made him... He came into his own a little bit in that episode. That was a good one, really, about him and Annie interacting. I like that one. So I, I guess he's got potential. I am really just glad that Dan Harmon is back at the helm of that show because this season has been worlds better than last. <laughs> yeah, season. incredibly better. Yeah, Marcus, do you have a favorite episode so far, or is it the? Uh, uh, I think the I think the floor is lava is pretty good. I always love those uh, like school wide chaos episodes, mm-hmm. and so yeah. like, it's always fun to like find all the characters again mm-hmm. and see how they've like played in. Like, cause, you know, it's like they don't start off the base level. You just go in there and it's like, oh. Well, it looks like Troy's playing blah, blah, blah character this time. So it's kind of cool to just, like, reintroduce all the time. Yeah, definitely. Did you guys notice how many ridiculous cameos there were in the Corkboard episode? Like, Robert yes, Patrick was, was in it, Nathan Fillion was in it. I forget. Oh, uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was like every department they went to was run by, like, some famous person. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I really liked the way they played off the entire bureaucracy, how, like, the janitor or the head custodian or something like that was like having a conversation with the general when he walked in. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that I thought that was really good. I also was a big fan of Nicolas Cage, good or bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that was good too. Yeah. In fact, I'll ask you guys right now, Nicolas Cage, good or bad, 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 was not bad in a good way, but that's still bad. Really? Even in, uh, I don't know, one of the good movies he's been in? Raising Arizona? Yep, Raising that's, Arizona. That's about, that's, that's about it. Uh, I don't know, did you, did you like, did you like Mastic movie? Uh, no, but he was incredibly good in Adaptation. Uh, Have you seen yeah. Adaptation? I've not seen Adaptation. You, you should add that one to the list. That's an excellent movie. But it's got Nick Cage in it, and Nick Cage bad. We've gone full circle. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Marcus. What, what do you think, John? I would say Nicolas Cage good in the 90s into the early 2000s but i mean like in the last five years or so he is off the rails man the ghost rider movies Ugh. and of course the wicker man ah, the and wicker man. uh what was that 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 sorcerer movie he was in sorcerer's apprentice was oh that? my god yeah yeah with shay leboeuf stuff like that <laughs> you know he just seems <laughs> sorry what, Shay LaBeouf? Uh, I'm sorry, continue, John. That was too funny. <laughs> I, was pretty, I was pretty much done. That was... Yeah, John, you're, pro- you're pretty much right. Uh, it's, been, it's been a while since Nicolas Cage has, has tried hard or decided to be in a good movie. And it's weird. I mean, I don't know of any other actor. I mean, I'm sure there are some, but I, I can't think of any off the top of my head where, you know, at one point they had a really respectable body of work and then they just go to these really weird acting choices. Mm. I feel so. like uh, he and Samuel L. Jackson have a lot in common. In that like they're <laughs> they're they're everywhere. First off, but mm-hmm. but they're also they have the ability to be in incredibly good movies or incredibly bad movies at will, and they just decide most of the time to do incredibly bad, but sometimes do really, really good. Have you ever seen the college humor skit called Nicolas Cage's uh, Agent? No, I don't think so. Yeah, so the, so the college humorous has tackled this, and they're just going like, what the fuck, over and over, and so eventually it ends with the Nicolas Cage's Agent. So he, he says one thing, and then there's a poster of the movie he just did on the back wall mm-hmm. afterwards, and so it's just him getting more and more desperate until he kills himself. 
And so, yeah, so that, 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 that's all I can think of when I think Nicholas Cage is that Nicholas Cage's agent, uh, skit. Mm. You know who else, uh, is, has been in a really large amount of movies lately and they've been steadily getting worse and worse and worse. It's Keanu Reeves. I feel like my Netflix, yeah. uh, random picks or occasionally suggested movies will keep showing up some some new movie that stars Keanu Reeves that looks really, really awful. Because well, Keanu Reeves is a bad actor. Like, he's not good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> so, that's true. So, I mean, bad actors tend to be in bad movies, right? I guess, but like... Like, like what's the last time you've seen a, ba- a piece of shit Daniel Day-Lewis movie? That's a good point. There really have not been any of those in a long time. But... I mean, Keanu Reeves did used to at least be like a big budget bad actor, and there are people there are people who are one dimensional in their acting who still can pull it off well, particularly late in their career, like Tom Cruise. Like Tom Cruise <laughs> can only play Tom Cruise in movies, but he's figured out how to do that effectively. <laughs> and Keanu Reeves can only play Keanu Reeves in movies, but he has not figured out how to do that effectively. I feel like he's he's never Keanu Reeves has never really come back from like Matrix Revolutions like that. Mm. I feel like that that sort of put him down because uh, that movie got you know a pretty bad rap and yeah. rightfully so. Yes, oh, bad rap as in it deserved to have a different rap. No, I, maybe that wasn't the right <laughs> choice of words. I mean, it was bad, but it I mean, was a like, bad it, movie. It was very bad word of mouth going around about it, and I feel like that. That could have been it. Yeah, uh, and it still did make several hundred million dollars, but yeah, well, a lot of a lot of terrible movies have. Right, no, that's true. On that uplifting note, I think we're going to take our first <laughs> refill break, and when we get back, I'm going to ask you guys a few questions. I'm going to do a Reddit Ask Me Anything where I am the only commenter. <laughs> you write it, and we'll do it live. We'll do it live. All right, we'll be our meet. Nicholas Cage, good or bad? A challenge, certainly, but. Not insolvable, because all actors have distinct values, which I use to find answers. Abed, how much Nicolas Cage did you get? Enough! I watched enough to find the answers, because this, this is my reality, this is how I learned to be, and my being doesn't allow for Nicolas freaking Cage, okay? Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! Oh! Oh! Sexy cat. And we're back. So it is time for me to ask John and Marcus anything. So starting off, John, if you could draw any comic franchise, or if you could be hired as an artist for any comic franchise that was not Batman, because of course it would be Batman, right. uh, which Obviously. one Which one would you want to be an artist for right now and why? Uh, that's, that's a big question, Jeff. I think it would be something like Nightwing or The Flash. Not, ba- no, not even Batman. Related. Not even the Batman. Not universe? even the Batman okay. universe. Okay. Right. Get um, out of Batman. I would probably say like Superman mm-hmm. or Green Lantern or one of those. <laughs> those aren't really small DC titles, but um... <laughs> yeah, Superman. Yeah, small little DC title. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Heard of it. Yeah, I would probably say Superman. Because I, like that's a book that 
you know, I'm a big fan of like stylized, really stylized comic book artwork, and I feel like for some reason those books don't really get. I mean, if, if it's not Batman or Justice League or something, some of those books have pretty generic looking comic describe, artists on them. So describe the best Superman costume. Um, Do it. Not the new Fifty Two or the Man of Steel one. <laughs> I guess just like classic. The classic version. I feel like that's a costume that you don't need to really update all that much. And I don't know. The best interpretation um, comes to the Superman costume. I know what I don't like. I don't know that I have a huge problem with the red underwear. It's there's something about it that's I don't know. It's like the Spider-Man costume. It's like you just you don't you don't really need to change it, and it just sort of works because it's established, I guess. Giant chest emblem. I mean, you can't really go wrong. Yeah. It, it, he, he, you know who he is right away. Yeah. Right away. All right, Marcus, your turn. Uh, although I have to say something. Spider-Man has had some awesome costumes, like Magma Spider-Man and Dark Spider- and like uh, Black Spider-Man. Like, he's had some of the most awesome uh, alternative costumes. That's true. But they always come back to the red and blue. Yeah, that's true. So what would you, you ask me? Marcus, who are your top three stand-up comedians of all time? Top three stand-up comedians of all time. All time. Jesus. You me. have ten seconds. Top three of all time. Um, it's like a Rorschach test. Uh, uh, Jesus Christ. Um, you just the first, the first that come to your mind. George Carlin, Richard Pryor, Louis C.K. I mean, mm, it's a good mix. No, I mean, it's it, it, it's a pretty bland, you know, kind of like. You know, like who's the rock? Who's the best rock and roll players of all time? Well, Beatles and Rolling like you know. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> true. Those those are, are common names <laughs> when people people ask. But there's there's a reason for that. If they all sat at a booth together in a diner, do you think they'd get along? I think Louis C.K. would just sit there in in awe. Like I, I think he wouldn't have any. Like he would just be like, I dot dot. Like, I, I think he would be too humble for that. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, George Carlin and Richard Pryor would get along really great. Yeah, I could see that happening. <laughs> and then Louis C.K., they'd probably leave and Louis C.K. would still be sitting there with like his jaw slightly open. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's, that, that's my guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we're going to get even harder here, Marcus. Okay. If you could resurrect either Richard Pryor or George Carlin, which would you resurrect? I would resurrect George Car- uh no, Richard Pryor. Oh. <laughs> John groans. <laughs> why why do you groan, John? I don't know. I mean I I've just always been more of a uh George Carlin fan. I mean, no offense to Richard Pryor. Obviously. At all. I, I'm just saying I prefer <laughs> like, like George Carlin, we got we got him for like three decades, you know? Mm-hmm. Like we, we 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 got a lot of George Carlin. That's true. Uh, yeah. I think, uh, I think uh, you know, I think it'd be fun to see Richard Pryor in a new, like, gentrified DC and see how that works for him, you know? Mm-hmm. I think he would have a lot of funny shit to say about that. Yeah, I could definitely see that. All right, John. Come up with a situation in which Jubilee saves the day. Oh, man, that's really hard. <laughs> that's a good question. We'll go with that question. All right, John. Ah. When would Jubilee be the one... X Man that they relied upon. Um, I know you want to say never, <laughs> because never is the obvious answer. But okay, yes, without you need saying to create never, a situation where Jubilee saves the day. Okay, how about this? 
after like X Men Last Stand or the I forget the name of the arc in the Astonishing X Men comics, but when there's the mutant cure for mutant powers and all the key the key players lose their mutant abilities, mm-hmm. you know that would leave Jubilee as the sole mutant to come in and save the day. Mm-hmm. Well, but, but how is she saving the day? Like we have to, get, we can't because, ignore the fact that her power sucks. Well, she didn't get. What is her power again? I don't even she remember. She shoots fireworks out of her fingers, that's, like Rasmus has. That's like the. That's 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 pretty much it. Mm-hmm. They're like little sparklers too. They're not even like good fireworks. She could distract somebody. She, yeah, I mean, she could blind a guy and yeah. then. I don't know. <laughs> then, <laughs> all right, I think I got it, actually. I you got it. Okay, saves the day. The mutant cure is invented, and it turns out that the cure is lethal, and Jubilee is the first one to get it, and she dies. <laughs> and everybody sees her die, and she's like the poison tester. <laughs> and her death saves the day. That's it. The end. Well, it's a little bit of a reach, but all right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> So Marcus uh, hit hit me up with a question now. Let's let's see what you got what you got for me. Okay, Jeff, give me five reasons why the strawberry diet is the best drink in the world. Well, I would love to, Marcus, but I have not tried the strawberry diet. <laughs> Therefore, I, I have you your not question. tried the strawberry diet. It's a strawberry. I, I understand. Like when you you saw the commercial. Uh, the Super Bowl commercial that you spent all that money on, Marcus? Yes. All but that I mean, podcast you've money? Seen, you've seen a, a commercial with a strawberry on it. There's no way you haven't. All right. Actually, here we go, Marcus. You can pick any director for a strawberry commercial. Who would you pick and why? Uh, I would pick Lars von Trier. And because, fuck yes, I want a Lars von Trier strawberry commercial. That would be pretty hilarious. <laughs> Do you know what what would the tagline be? Like strawberryta colon what? Uh, is strawberryta the bloodiest fruit orgy? Uh, I don't know. I can't come. I, I, I can't enter the mind of a genius. That's true. <laughs> you you after all, you are not Lars von Trier. <laughs> None of us can be Lars von Trier. All right. I don't think I don't think Lars von Trier knows what's going on up there. That's true. That's a fair point. Uh, did you hear about the Cannes Film Festival interviews for his new movie, yeah. Nymphomaniac, where Sha- yeah. what was his name, Marcus? Uh, Sheila Booth. Uh, <laughs> walked out of a press conference, uh, apparently, and then yeah. returned with a bag over his head that said on it, I am no longer famous. Yeah. Sure you're not. That guy has been having some media trouble lately, from what I Yeah, he's, uh, he's getting it rough. Man, being a celebrity is fucking weird. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I I do not think I would ever enjoy life in in that much spotlight. You could just sound that shit. That's true. You could. So, John, I have a question for you. Okay. Are there any impressions that you would like to do that you have not done on this show yet? Not to put you on the spot or anything, but that's what that's what an <laughs> no, improv episode is all not. about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Maybe a Joker impression, I guess? I don't know. All right, I'll give you a scenario. An improv scenario, if you will. Okay. The Joker, after uh, executing a cunning plan, has made his way into a bank vault filled with cash that he is about to happily grab 
when Wolverine busts in to stop him. Are you uh, are you ready to uh, respond to Wolverine as the Joker? Wolverine as the Joker. <laughs> respond to Wolverine, to Wolverine as the Joker. Um, so you, he's responding to Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverine kicks kicks down the vault door, bears his claws. What does the Joker say? Those are some nice claws. Speaking of which, you know how I got these scars? <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> I wish there was a little bit more meat to that, but um, that, that's that's what I got. That, no, that that was pretty good. I'm I'm very but, impressed with that. Actually, do you do you do a Wolverine at all? I know there are lots of Wolverines out there. I can do the look. I was. I, no, I can do the look. <laughs> that doesn't do us any good here. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I was Wolverine. For Halloween a couple years ago. Uh, very remember, nice. uh, I, don't know, I guess I could do Wolverine. I just need like a like a lime. I remember it was like four years ago, and I didn't have a Halloween costume, but I did have a wife beater, jeans, and mutton chops. There so I was go. like, "Oh shit!" Well, uh, uh, I guess I'll be Wolverine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that works. That's all it you did. need. It totally, it totally worked. Let's. Uh, do you remember that Simpsons where? Uh... They were about to go out trick-or-treating for Halloween, and Marge was like, Homer, you're not going as a hobo again, are you? And then he was like, going where now? He was wearing like a dirty, torn-up robe, and he was like completely scruffy, and he was eating beans out of a can with a spoon. I feel like the best Wolverine voice will always be 90s cartoon Wolverine voice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know how to do it. It was such a weird voice. Hugh Jackman doesn't quite sound right saying Bub. Like, it just doesn't... It it feels very forced when he says that, I think. It does. You can tell he's trying really hard. He's like, Bub. Obligatory phrase. Yeah. But I feel like uh, the 90s cartoon Wolverine hit this tone that was like... Any subtle shift in it, and it would have been the most annoying voice in the world, but where it was was perfect for the character. (laughs) Yeah, and then he would do his little weird like r- roar. <laughs> but John, thank you for uh, for giving us that good Joker impression. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. That was somewhere between a Heath Ledger and a Mark Hamill, and I feel like I mean that in a, a very high regard. Ah, uh, yeah, I wasn't even thinking of the Mark Hamill one. Mm-hmm. Actually, speaking of that, I can do. I think I can do a little bit of a Mark Hamill one. It was oh, yeah. from um, the Mask of the Phantasm. It was a really great, great scene. He uh, and he leaves some bomb with a, a camera that turns around and sees it's the Phantasm instead of Batman, and uh, he's like, "Whoops! I guess you're not Batman after all." <laughs> or something like that. Oh man! Guess the joke is on me. <laughs> uh. It's really good. Mark Hamill is classic as a joke. He's my favorite Joker. He is. He is definitely the best Joker. Yeah. Obviously, he's never portrayed him as himself. He's just been a voice actor. But he is. He is absolutely yeah. my favorite Joker. Still. He defined that character for me pretty much permanently. Yeah. Yeah. So, Marcus, question. Yes. Another question for you. If you could be any Star Wars alien, which alien would you be, and why? Oh. I, I don't know. I'd be a hut. You'd be a hut. 
That'd be a hunt. You cruise around the universe? Yeah, you, what, you get Gangster. rich, you lay on your ass, you get Slave Leia, you're powerful, you're immune to Jedi mind tricks. That's it sounds true. pretty fucking awesome, right? Jedi mind trick immunity is pretty great. But I yeah. don't know, being a giant slug, I don't know if it would be worth it. But you're the head honcho, what do you give a shit, right? That's true. He's, he's going to make you feel bad. That's a good point. <laughs> Nothing can make you feel bad as a hut. I feel like they do not possess shame. Although it yeah. would be funny. It would be funny if a hut was really self-conscious about their weight or something. <laughs> well, what does skinny hut look like? Yeah, that would probably not look so good. Yeah, I do. I feel like they do have to be jovial and fat. <laughs> easy. That's by far the best one. Mm-hmm. Easy, easy choice for you. Now, if you uh, captured Han Solo, would you kill him or would you freeze him and try to sell him? I'd freeze him in carbonite. Of course. It's the most practical thing for a yeah. hut to do. There's no possible yeah. way that could backfire. Yeah, I mean, if you freeze him in carbonite, and then, you know, he's your trophy. He's your, like, main bitch for eternity. Mm-hmm. And just keep him in your palace and shit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would totally I would totally do that. Yeah. I do feel like uh, if Return of the Jedi taught me anything about huts, it's that their own hubris is their downfall. Because after all, he is strangled by Slave Princess Leia. His ruination came from his trophy vanity, you know? Hey, man, he died the way he lived. <laughs> With a chain around his neck. <laughs> Barely able to breathe through his own girth. I have I have a revenge question, Jeff. This is a, uh, not really a revenge question, but I know I got this once, and I was really, really stumped. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pose to you the same question. Okay. If you were to cast Rob, our very own Rob of the Tisby podcast, mm-hmm. In, I don't know, uh, uh, Tisby the movie, mm-hmm. who, would you, who would you cast as Rob? Oh, uh, man. Who would it be anybody. Could be anyone. Nicolas Cage. Nicolas <laughs> Cage as Rob. <laughs> I think Nicolas Cage would do a great Rob. Uh, no, actually, Nicolas Cage would not be able to pull Rob off. I feel like he, uh, he would not be the right choice. It would be hilarious to see, though. Although, frankly, it would be hilarious to see Nicolas Cage try to play any one of us. <laughs> yeah. um, but Nicolas Cage's Rob would be especially good. Like, uh, whenever Rob... Uh, whenever you ask Rob something that makes him really incredulous, and he's like, what? Oh, man. Like, I can imagine Nicolas Cage doing that. Like, I, I think uh, I think um, a good Rob would be uh, Paul Rudd. Yeah, you know if he grew his hair out a bit. Yeah, I could yeah. see Paul Rudd doing doing Rob. Yeah, there you go. And then he could he could have all the dry sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like if we were doing Rob in sort of a parody action scenario, I actually <laughs> I would like to see Rob played by Colin Farrell. Uh, I don't know why, but I just, I just feel it. I feel it would work. It's probably because of watching him play a writer in Seven Psychopaths. I could see, I could see Colin Farrell sitting down and doing Rob in an unusually, like the dashing, adventurous Rob would be be Colin Farrell for sure. But yeah, no, that the 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 live action or the the choose a celebrity to to play someone you know is always a tough question, and I'm sorry that I gave it to you, John. Well, uh, you did a lot better than I did. Well, I I had help. I had I had this entire episode to think about Nicolas Cage. As <laughs> Rob, so. Cool. All right. Well, on that note, we're gonna take our second refill break of the night. We will be back with Geek of the Week. Goddamn, honey! Oh, not the beast! 
Not a beast! Ah! Out of my eyes! And we're back. So we're going to wrap up uh, this episode the same way we wrap up every episode of This Is Serious Business, and that's with our Geek of the Week segment where we talk about specific things we've been watching, reading, doing, or playing of late. And uh, let's get started with Marcus on that. Marcus, what have you been up to over the past few weeks? So much Warhammer. I just played two games of Warhammer today, mm-hmm. and I am 4-0 and against Ben right now. Oh, dear. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm chewing him up pretty good with my Rat Month by Skaven. Has he decided to Godzilla the board? No, he hasn't decided to Godzilla the board. Every time he asks me what my strategy is, like, you know, like, we try to, like, debrief what he needs to do and everything, because uh, a lot of these haven't been close. Mm. And so, uh, so you know, like, we, we, we try to narrow it down, and pretty much what he brings to the board cannot deal with my monstrous creatures. Mm-hmm. Like, I have these giant monsters that just go over there and slap him around a little bit, and there's nothing he can do to stop them. That's a shame. What, it's a lot of fun for me, though. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's <laughs> I mean, you you could switch armies, see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, we could play each other's armies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. What would you do to his army to make it uh, be able to stand up to yours? He needs more high-power stuff. He's high elves, which is, like, they're really good in close combat and stuff like that, but they're really expensive models, and they only have one wound, and they only have three toughness, so, you know... No, like, whenever they get hit, they get hit really hard, and it's really expensive every time they get hit. So, you know, like, if I'm trading two for one, I'm still coming out ahead. So what, what's happening is that he needs to get, like, incredible effect out of every single one of his units, and he doesn't have enough high-damage units to, like, nail it through. So, like, really what he does is he, like, he fights mediocre, but, you know, just fighting decently is just trading, and then I'm just winning every time. Right, so he's basically... Not losing until he loses, as opposed to doing anything that can actually take you out. Well, yeah, but it's just like, you know, if one of his blocks of units routes, mm-hmm. that's like as if four of my units routed. Right, I see. I gotcha. Yeah, Hiles are just too expensive to ever lose any number of them. Right. So if this were StarCraft, it would be like his army was made up entirely of High Templars, and you were just throwing... Zerglings. Yeah, Zerglings and Roaches at them. Yeah. And sure, Psystorm is a great spell, but you can lose a lot of Zerglings, and it won't matter if you kill all the High Templar. Uh, yeah, what the hell are you guys talking about? <laughs> Speaking Zerglings? entirely different language. Yep. That's how it goes. That's how it goes with the gaming, John. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I do want to take a moment to acknowledge, Marcus, that we will be losing you soon. And I am very, very, very sad about that. Marcus, for those of you who do not know, will be spending a year in China, in Shanghai, and it is not likely that he will be able to podcast with us from there practically for both technical and time change reasons. Marcus, it has truly been a pleasure to have you on this show. I think next week we are going to do a special tribute to you. Uh, I want to raise, raise a glass to you. And wish you well on your journey. Am I supposed to raise my glass? Yeah, I'm, go ahead. I'm raising my glass. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm lighting the lighter. I'm holding it. I'm waving it. Oh, but I've Marcus, never been so in my life. Marcus, if you ever find yourself with a decent Skype connection, <laughs> we would love to have you back on from China. I will try. Mm-hmm. That's good to hear. Hopefully someday, someday we will hear from you again. But if not, best of luck on your journeys abroad. 
let's move on to John. John, what have you been up to lately? Uh, Friday night, Michelle and I saw the Lego movie. Oh, wow. How was that? Um, oh, snap. <laughs> Did, was, I, was oh, snap a pun? They kind of snap. Ah. I like it. But and originally I was pretty I was pretty on the fence about it cuz it's like a Lego movie, you know, it's a it's a kids movie. And then once I saw the the cast of it of all the different characters and you know, Chris Pratt is in the main lead, Elizabeth Banks is the main female lead, Liam Neeson plays a very brilliant good cop bad cop where his head spins and he's sort of got like a split personality going where on one side is a good cop and then um the other side is the bad cop, and it spins back and forth. Um, and then the good cop is like is very soft spoken, very uh, very polite Irishman. So that was good. And then Will Ferrell plays the main villain. Morgan Freeman is in it. Will Arnett is Batman. Uh, Channing Tatum is Superman. Although he's not in it very much. And there's all sorts of cool little cameos in it and stuff. And I don't know, it's just, it it was a very refreshing movie. You know, nowadays with, you know, those big blockbuster movies are so heavy into the special effects. This was like a really different, it was a different looking movie. You know, it was an animated movie, but it wasn't like your conventional Disney, Pixar, DreamWorks type animated movie. And there's a lot of little jokes in it that like if you ever played it with Legos as a kid and it was very meta at the same time with the way that they dealt with characters and a lot of the jokes in it and you know it was just a, a good classic adventure movie you know like a hero a, a good sort of straightforward hero's journey but still really smart and fun to watch yeah it's getting really good reviews too so I'm glad to hear that someone I, I actually know has seen it and liked it as well. That that pretty much confirms that I, I want to go see yeah. it. I <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've heard great things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, though, it's going to be a while until I have, have time to go see a movie. Got a lot of... I'm sure it made something crazy like $70 million this weekend, so I'm sure it's going to be in the theaters for a while. Mm-hmm. And I had it on my fantasy box office, so put that down. Did you? Yeah. Really? Yeah, give me all your money. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I never agreed to such a thing. Yeah, I don't know if that's that's quite how this game is played. No, seriously, though, did it get pushed back, or are you a joke here? No, 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 no. Just, I, think I, uh, I made a joke there. I think you okay. made a little joke. Made okay. a little joke. And uh, since he's all not right. going to get to play next year, we'll we'll give it to him retroactively. We'll put Marcus on the board with just the Lego movie. You know, it's funny because with that was probably better than all my other movies combined. <laughs> That's true. You had a you had a rough draft. I blew it. You blew it big time. But I'm glad to hear that the Lego movie made a lot of money. I th- I hear that it destroyed the Monuments Men in the box office, which is. You know, a little surprising, to say the very least, considering the Monument really? has every actor ever. high-budget famous actor ever in it. Yeah, but Lego, Lego Movie is a kid's movie. That's like, true. But those type of yeah. movies make extra bank. No, that's, that's a very, very good point. The family films do really, really well, particularly when they have lots of hype. Cool. So let's see. What have I been up to lately? Last night... I watched a movie called Safety Not Guaranteed on Netflix with Flory, and we uh, we liked it, but it was, uh, it, you know, I was surprised, because that was a pretty well-received movie, critically, as well. So the movie stars Aubrey Plaza. 
It's the the uh, girl who's very very deadpan all the time. Uh, she was actually really good on an episode of Marin. Oh, yeah. uh, you know how Mark Marin has that show on IFC. Mm-hmm. She's really good in that one. Yeah, she tends to be very good in everything she does, and she was certainly pretty good in this movie. But she's she plays the lead, and she's an intern for a magazine, and she gets assigned to work with a reporter and another intern on a story where all of them go and respond to a classified ad that a man has put out regarding him traveling through time. It basically says, I'm looking for a partner to travel through time with me. Bring your own weapons. I've only done this once before. Safety not guaranteed. And they go, and she meets this guy and ingratiates herself with him so they can learn all this material to write their article. But as she finds out more and more, she grows more attached to him, even though he's very loopy. And you can kind of tell where it goes from there. You know, it's a, it's a cute premise. It's a, it's a good idea. But, again, there are a lot of moments in that movie that involve the other characters going off and doing things very rapidly with virtually no development that don't really go anywhere. So, it was definitely a broken movie. It had a lot of subplots that didn't go anywhere. It had issues with very contrived writing. There was a core of it that was good, though, and that core might be enough to make it really worth watching. But I was kind of disappointed overall. I'm a bit of a stickler for situations where I feel like writers are kind of writing themselves into situations in a sort of lazy way. And there were definitely moments where it felt like that was happening here. Where it was like, you could just tell that that whoever wrote the movie was like, this happened to me once and I really just need to get it out there. I just need to share it. You know, get it off my chest. So that might have been going on in that movie a little bit. But still... I'd still barely put it in the category of something to watch on Netflix while bored if you haven't seen it. It just barely gets over that bar. So well, that's quite a sell. Yeah, there you go. I am uh, I am nothing if not honest about these things. I guess. <laughs> so on that note, I want to give you guys an opportunity to make any shoutouts and to let people know where they can find you online. So let's start with Marcus on that one. Marcus, this is your final episode, possibly. So Maybe. do you want to make any shoutouts? Uh, shout out to you know Tisby, all that. That's uh, it's been uh, it's been pretty cool, and uh, maybe I'll be back. I don't know. I'll try. You can find me at Marcus T Wallace on Twitter. I suppose I should plug my Weibo at this point, uh, if, for all our Chinese viewers, listeners, viewers, uh, listeners. Yeah, that's the <laughs> one. But yeah, so that's about it. I'll catch you guys later. Thanks, Marcus. Thank you very much for everything. It has been a pleasure to have you on here. Moving on, John, John, any shout-outs, and uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DrawTheStory. You can find me on Twitter at TisbyJeff, that's T-I-S-B-J-E-F-F, and you can find this podcast website at TisbyCast.com, along with links to our fabulous Tumblr, our Facebook, all that other stuff. As always, I have absolutely no idea how to end this episode, but I kind of do this time, actually. Marcus. The arms of an angel. <laughs> Marcus, how do you say this is serious business in Chinese? Uh, this is serious business in Chinese. You've asked me this before, and I was unprepared then, too. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Marcus, what's, what's, what's your favorite thing to say in Chinese? Chandama. It means, wait, what, really? <laughs> <laughs> Jundama. It's just like, wait, what? Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it slips so naturally out of my face because when I'm speaking Chinese, 
I often don't understand what they're saying. So I feel like that's always a great one to follow up. And like if they're telling a story or something, it's like going like, oh, wait, no way. <laughs> and you can just put that anywhere into a conversation. It'll sound like you're, uh, you're engaged. So that's my favorite. <laughs> that's a good one. I, I would. I feel like you can do that in English too. Just yeah, just like, just like no way, no way. <laughs> yeah, hey, the, that no that way. is the perfect putty between the the cracks in your uh, speaking ability. I might have to use that. Might have to use that in future podcasts. <laughs> oh, no, then my secret will be out. People will be telling these long stories or making these really good points, and I'll be like, no way. No way, man. <laughs> With Donald Glover, that uh, is it. Donald, did I get right? Donald. Yeah. Yes. Good. I really was worried. I was gonna say Danny. <laughs> he's not. He's not too old for this shit. Um. This is serious business. Shoot the